The whole podcast we're, is going to be you yelling at your cat and Mike yelling at his kids. <laughs> Welcome to $2 Parenting. <laughs> Welcome to $2 Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. I am your host, Aaron Varnum. The band is back together. The boys are back in town, except for Cookie. Uh, today, I am joined, as always, by Tollbear. Hello. Tollbear, uh, good to see you. Uh, Big Mike. Yep. And uh, Cookie. Stoicky. Uh, boys, we have not done a podcast in a couple weeks. Uh, we had a long Long weekend. Last weekend, we had the oh, annual gosh. Cape Fear Sevens. Also, that weekend, Cookie finalized his move to Colorado. Cookie, any more tales of the move? Uh, so, this go around, it was a 24 hour car ride. Uh, and I was stuck with Chase, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. Already. Yes, already. Yeah, 24 hours with 20, uh, 24 hour plus with chasing the car. Diane had the heart attack. She had the cat in her car. So, uh, Aaron, I don't you know if you ever had to cookie? move with a cat. Diane has a cat. I did not know that. Yeah, Diane has a cat, and we had to drug her just to get her in her cage. It was one of those situations where it was unfortunate, but you kind of had to do it. Well, Cookie, speaking of cats, I adopted a kitten uh, last week, so now we have one more member yeah. of the $2 State crew. We have an actual Terry Funk here to uh, represent us on the podcast. Uh, it's more no like, sooner uh, no sooner than Aaron adopted the cat, he made an Instagram for it. Yeah, Terry the Tailus, at Terry the Tailus. Cool. Almost as many followers as $2 Steak, a pro wrestling podcast on Instagram. If you want to follow it, it's a cute kitten, y'all. He's cute. He's, he's so cute. He's a gimmick we've been missing the whole time. He, I know. <laughs> we, right now, he's sleeping in his basket because he's attacked our cords for the past 20 minutes. Yep. Uh, Cookie, since you've been in Colorado, uh, have you had any days sober? No. <laughs> Except for the day that we actually got in, I would say no, Aaron. I like the term non-medicated. Not, have you been non-medicated at all, Cookie? I have been wrecked, wrecked the fuck up. Let's just say that. The entire time, Cookie. Uh, for, you, you know, yeah. I'm enjoying myself, Aaron. Okay, you know, this is this is fun for me right now. You know, eventually it'll get boring, it'll get old, and then I'll change up my habits. But for right now, it's fun. That's what get people say up. before they become addicts. Well... Fuck you, Aaron. I don't think Tolbert's an addict. Nope. Thank you, Cookie. Tol Tolbert. <laughs> <laughs> Has it ever gotten not fun for you, Cookie? Or Tolbert? Never. Okay. I still exactly. get as high as I do as I did when I was in not like ninth grade. Yeah. No. Well, no, you didn't start until just, after high school. I didn't start till after high school. Because God. God was in control. <laughs> yeah, God was, is was, in uh, control. Was, uh, he couldn't control hand jobs, but <laughs> <laughs> Oh Jesus. <laughs> but, uh, the most blessed of, of the sacraments in the parking lot uh cookie yes what, sir ha have you gone too far yet have you have you been too high yet Aaron, i will say like uh there are these things these uh these things called these these drinks right here uh-huh that, that are infused with the uh, thc and cbd ginger ale okay yeah that, that is also were there any other flavors and you got ginger ale? Well, there was an Arnold, Arnold Palmer flavor as well. Uh -huh. God, I can't see that. Not an orange soda is, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> no, no, not a grape soda either. But it was <laughs> you just got ginger ale, which is the third choice. Um, it really is the third choice. You can uh, you can ask Jasmine's dad about that. Ginger ale is definitely the third choice. So Jasmine's sister, uh, who I will talk about here in a second, uh, Tasha Boo. Uh, Tasha is a ginger ale addict. She does not like orange soda. She does not like grape soda. She loves ginger ale. Yes, because you have all to the have medicinal one of those properties of ginger ale, right? It, of course. Oh, yeah. You got a you got a hurt stomach? Drink you some ginger ale, babe. But does it work? Uh, yeah, I guess. I, I would say yes. Burp. That too. Well, that so, too. But so tell me about this drink, Cookie. Aaron, um, 
all I can say is that you drink half of it and um, yeah, you start to get the giggles and you start to forget to text people back like Mike and uh, Aaron and Tolbert that are in the group chat. Uh, you start looking at their messages and you think you reply, but you don't reply. So what you're telling me is uh, this may be the last time we see you on this podcast <laughs> because um, you will be too high for the rest of uh, your time in uh, Colorado. Perhaps, perhaps we'll see. Um, tune in next weekend to see if I if I make it on time. I I really hope you do, Cookie, because you're an important part of this podcast. <laughs> uh, Tolbert, we'll go to you because it looks like Mike is about to tackle a child out in the wilderness. Totally, <laughs> uh, he is. It's, Mike just ran off. Yeah. So to set the scene for you guys, Mike is watching his two kids while his wife is at work recording uh, in his in his shed out back. And he just went off screen to, uh, <laughs> to wrangle his children for about the 16th time. Before, before this is, this is getting ridiculous. The kids are, uh, Mike, you should get him a CBD treat and yeah. put a harness on. I really him. should give him a ginger <laughs> ale. Just let him get the giggles. There you go. Uh, but anyway, to- man, Tolbert, it is these been, last two weeks. Man, it has been uh, a, a long, long two weeks, man. So we had the sevens tournament. Yes. Um, I kind of head up you know, helping getting the field set up for this tournament, uh, which is a big undertaking. We set up, we have six fields plus our own. You're telling me like I, I wasn't there helping you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you're, I had to redo some of your crowd barriers, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> talk about it now. Talk about it now. Yeah. What was wrong with my crowd? You barriers? Sucked. How did they suck? They, they were limp. They, they were, uh, I, I just had to fix them, man. I only put up two. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to fix them. Damn. Anyway, Damn. so we set up a lot. The boys helped. Thank you guys. Big Mike helped me big time. Varnum helped a little. Little time. <laughs> little time Varnum over here. But we got it set up. We, and it's a big undertaking. We have to set it all up, break it all down. Probably a thousand people there at its peak on Saturday. Um, it, it's just a big undertaking, but, you know, it's stressful. So uh, I start Wednesday and I finish on Monday. Uh, with with the whole ordeal but finished that up and got some well deserved r&r time in sunset beach with my family uh the other day which i have not seen my brother and uh my sister-in-law or my niece in almost a year and a half sunset beach huh so that's that's my neck of the woods it is it's very beautiful out there it's very Uh, nice sunset beach is is at my less preferred beach Ocean Isle Beach, my number one choice. Yeah. Holden Beach, my number two. Sunset Beach, a number three. It is a very beautiful beach. Very beautiful. The clientele there. Yes. A little more uh, abrasive. A little, than, a little abrasive. Than, than I, yeah. I, if you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. A little uh, little northern. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway. We don't do that around here where I came from. Yeah. Uh, but you came here, remember? Yeah. No. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know. I just live on this golf course, and my honey. Anyway, my brother, they, him, and his family had a, a beach house right on the beach, so got some time, soaked up some rays, and uh, went and had dinner. Dinner in, in, one in, of, Calabash. in Calabash. Yeah. So if anyone's familiar, very uh, well known for their it's seafood. The, it's the capital of fried seafood. It's where the term comes from calabash style seafood that's right so we my dad wants to go there i was like we gotta go early you know it's ridiculous it's this time of year calabash is crazy so we go we go at 4 30 thinking oh we're gonna breeze right in it's 4 30 well no everyone that is in town reading a beach house that week has the same idea and we roll up and they go hey it's gonna be an hour wait yep (laughs) and you look in there's there's many empty tables it doesn't look like a bustling restaurant right? right all right cool We'll get some drinks and wait. So we did. We now, went, this is at Boundary House, which yes. is not technically a Calabash style seafood yeah. restaurant. It is more of a an American style. Yeah, they have a little bit of everything, they but do. it's nice. I wanted to sit down and have dinner with my parents. Correct. You know, we wanted somewhere yeah. to talk and have a nice time. Um, so we're in the lobby surrounded by senior citizens yes. and, and families that have just brought in their kids off the beach. Yeah. And everyone's hungry and grumpy. Yeah. Uh, we, we finally get our table and we have an excellent meal. It, it was great. Good service. I, I got uh, I got a pick three calabash plate. Good. Flounder, crab yeah. cakes and shrimp. OK. All all in season. All in season. I, I usually go for the fried oysters, which yeah. I know are out of season right now, but they're still tasty. But good experience. Great, great service staff and everything. But when we leave, <laughs> it's funny. You know, me and Katie are both in the service industry. I've been for years. So we know the inner workings of it all. And we're looking around. The servers are like chilling. They're working, but they're like chilling. We're like, there's no way they're on an hour wait. 
Uh, and when we leave, they're turning folks away because they say they're on a three hour wait. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and the restaurant's less busy. I don't know what they have going on. I think they're like, uh, hey, look, guys, let's just sandbag these motherfuckers. So I think it's probably a little <laughs> bit of that. Hey, like, get the fuck out of here. You're able to even like do a little bit of the. Uh, no, we're understaffed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. But we we got just the right time, got in and out. But um, it w- it was a fun fun beach day. At, when you live here at the beach, you don't get very many right. of those days. I, I never and you appreciate it when you get those. Um, but uh, had a fun time last night. Went to my first show pers- post COVID. Okay, at Reggie's. Really? There was a show at Reggie's last yes, night? Yes, saw a Teenage Bottle Rocket and a band that was uh, supporting them on the tour, Make is that, War. Is that like a punk rock band? Punk rock. That sounds Teenage punk Bottle rock. Rocket yeah. has been around for a long time, kind of on the edge, right in between kind of like a, a hardcore punk band slash, I wouldn't quite call them pop punk, but very, uh, very upbeat and fun. Really, really good musicians. Okay. Like these guys fucking shred. Okay. Uh, so Sam Phenomenal sold out show at Reggie's. It's that is my special place. You've been to several I, sold out shows with me. I love Reggie's. Reggie's, Reggie's yeah. is one of my favorites. Did not get Reggie's drunk. I'm very proud of myself. I, I could so say did you actually drive home. Last uh, night? I drove home last night. I'm I did very not, impressed. I did not drink. Uh, my version of not drinking is just having four high lifes over the evening and that's fine it's great it's fine smoke and it's hot weed. as fuck inside that building yeah smoke a little weed chill have a good time and i did um i'm very proud of myself because that place is a black hole any of, stray uh, observations of people just reintegrating into society that everyone's uh, like a little apprehensive at first okay and then as a couple bands go on you see people loosen up they get a few libations in them uh, you know, and they have a good time. By the end of the show, the pit was fully twirling. And, good, uh, twirling, yeah, twirling. <laughs> but good night at Reginald's. My ears are still ringing. Uh, I'm glad you got to, to actually be back into society. It, it is a different time. Mike, what? Yes. Uh, you have changed your location behind me. How, how did we not notice this? We Mike now is now inside, inside. the house. I'm inside because as I went to wrangle my children, I stepped in dog shit and almost <laughs> bugged out. You so stepped in dog shit. I stepped in dog shit. And I mean, I was in flip flops. When I tell you, I almost fell on my ass. It was like I was on ice. So this is not just regular. This is a, a this is labrador. This is labradoodle dog <laughs> a shit. This, this is yeah, 85 pound turd that I stepped on. Um, so yeah, I came back inside cause I'm, I'm over it. I'm- Mike, did you, <laughs> did you pressure wash your foot off or do you still have that shit on your feet? Well, I, I left it on the sand. Well, actually to get real graphic, it, uh, was a really slimy one. So I just was able to like skid my foot on the ground Oof. and it cleaned it off. But I did leave the sandals outside. They are they're they're not inside. <laughs> Mike, the, there is a one Led Zeppelin, a band that I have loved in high school. You know, you always have that Led Zeppelin phase. There is a very uh, famous song by them, and it's called "Nobody's Fault But Mine." Uh, Mike, <laughs> why didn't you clean up the poop before uh, walking your children in that yard? Well, it's my wife's job. Oh, 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 oh. there it is. Uh, so I got the grass. She's right, supposed Mike. to pick up the dog. <laughs> I will oh, be but- getting a uh, direct message on WhatsApp <laughs> saying, uh, I heard that, and it's not true. Uh, very much so is her job. Um, but yeah, anyway. Mike, other than us on. dying at, at a rugby practice on Thursday night, what have you done these past two weeks? Well, two weeks. I had, uh, So for the sevens tournament, I had a good old college friend of mine come into town with his wife and kid. We had an awesome time. We got fly trap ready for Friday night. Nothing better than watching rugby at fly trap on a nice day. Turned out it poured down rain halfway through, but it was, it was perfect. Kids got to run around. What cave fear came in second. Out of uh, 28 teams in the social bracket. So shout out Cape Fear Rugby. That's Cape um, Fear A. Uh, Cape Fear B. Yeah, yeah. Not, <laughs> not so the, the B side did not win a game. That's uh, right. The, the A side did go five and two on the weekend. So that's pretty solid. Um, I, I, you know, I, I contributed. I'm no longer as fast as I used to be. So, you You're know, not, I'm not nor, nor am I, nor is Tolbert, and nor is Cookie. Yeah, facts. Um, but no, I, I, I've had a great little time off. First time last night, I got to sit down and actually watch some wrestling minus Wednesday because Dynamite was on. But that was the first wrestling I've watched in almost a month, I feel like. And you got to watch your match this week. I did. Uh, So it is the birth 
of America. I, I know it, it is a very problematic country, but all countries have their problems. It is the 4th of July weekend. Oh, One of my favorite holidays of the year. It just means yeah. sweating your balls off it. and getting drunk. I love it. But on the way over here, uh, you realize just how much you you also hate it yeah. <laughs> because our yeah. population triples and yes. you want to strangle everyone with an Ohio and Pennsylvania and Illinois license plate. And Michigan. Hashtag, <laughs> fuck, Michigan, Michigan. Right? Hashtag yeah. fuck tourists and fuck Michigan. Uh, so, 4th of July weekend, I wanted to talk about some patriotic things. What more patriotic than professional wrestling? Am I right? It's pretty goddamn patriotic. There's some, you know, that over the years, we've had some problematic things go over. We'll talk about it with Mike a little bit here in a second. But professional wrestling always has had this air of United States superiority. It, 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 who better than the USA? Who better than the USA chant? What What's a better <laughs> chant than that when you're at a professional wrestling match, right? I, I'll wait. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's not better. Than, are you going to say what? What? No, that's not as good as the USA chant. So this week on the podcast, we're going to have some very patriotic things happening on $2 steak. Uh, Mike has got some jingoistic and nationalistic things happening in his cookies got a man that passed away this week, but we're going to appreciate his work. And then finally, Tolbert has maybe one of my favorite segments uh, that we have seen. It's not quite as in your face as most uh high spot things but it but as a connoisseur of professional wrestling it's all about the spectacle all about it all about the spectacle boys let's talk about some wrestling all right for our first match of the week i was talking about problematic things uh mike you have got one uh sergeant slaughter (laughs) against the Iron Sheik. That is correct. We have Sergeant Slaughter versus Iron Sheik. This is peak Sheik. This is peak Slaughter, I think. WWF 1984 Madison Square Garden. Hotbed of wrestling. Hotbed of United States versus everybody else. (laughs) Hotbed (laughs) of racism. Oh, yeah. yeah, 1984. Um, So it starts out Sergeant Slaughter gets an honor guard. Yeah. Stolen Valor gets honor guard. Stolen Valor. I think this is before we knew that he did not actually serve in Vietnam. Um, But, yeah, he gets an honor guard. He he looks like (laughs) – so I wrote these notes last night after um, having a little date night with my wife and getting a little inebriated. Um, I wrote that Sergeant Slaughter looks like he's about to storm the Capitol. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I could see that, yes. Uh, he still looks like he's about to storm the Capitol. In fact, sorry, not to digress, but I got in an argument with a potential patient the other day because we're still having this conversation regarding wearing masks in medical facilities. Right. And, um, you know, I, I try to tell him, you know, it's it's Novant policy still. It's the CDC guidelines still recommend you wear a mask inside a medical facility. Right. And then he tries to argue with me about the origins of the coronavirus and how masks don't do anything. And I, yeah. and I literally oh, I was just like, I was just sitting there. I'm like, I don't need this at eight o'clock in the morning on a Friday. <laughs> and uh, I literally looked at him and said, if you're not going to wear a mask, you can leave. And he said, fuck it. I don't need this shit. And he left. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Uh, yeah. We're only 18 months into this or whatever it is. And we're still dealing with it. But anyway, if somebody asks you to wear a mask, just wear a mask. Um, all right. So commentary is trying to hype the volume and excitement for the crowd. And I think they were trying to foreshadow what was to come. But early on, this crowd is not super excited. Like, I, I was a little, um, I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I'm like, you're, you're trying to make this more than it is, buddy. Uh, I don't know who was on commentary. Do you remember? Aaron? Uh, so it was Pat Patterson and Gorilla Monsoon. Okay. And normally Gorilla is great on commentary. But, yeah, they're trying to sell this thing that it isn't actually happening as world war three. I believe that they mentioned multiple times. <laughs> um, but when Sheik comes out, then the crowd starts getting in the USA. Once they realize 
that they have these um, preconceived and underlying subconscious emotions towards Arabs. They, uh, they start ch- shouting and screaming and, and booing. Um, crowd goes wild. At one point, Sheik gets into the ring. Slaughter attacks him. Slaughter steals his shawl and starts shredding it. And the crowd is literally eating every little bit of this up. And, and like you said, this, this goes back to um, simpler times when, you know, not just whites stuck together, but the Italians stuck together. And then all the Polacks stuck together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, the Arabs. Yeah, yeah. They, and everybody hated the Arabs. So it's just a simpler time back then. Um, <laughs> at one point, Slaughter spits on the Sheik. Multiple times. And, and the crowd, again, loving it. And, just, and I'm just like uncomfortable the whole time I'm watching this. Um, yeah, I didn't really know how to take that. But apparently it's the Sheik's move because then the Sheik started spitting on Slaughter. <laughs> there was a um, lot of spit. I have to say between mine and Mike's match, there, there's a lot of spit. There's yeah. a, lot of, a lot of disrespectful spitting. Yeah, and we, we, we've talked. I, I'm pretty sure that spitting on somebody is one of the most oh, disrespectful yeah. things you can do. And... As the most a very level-headed guy, that is the one thing that will set me into an irate rage that I would literally try to murder somebody. You would try to make them humble, like much like the Sheik would do. Sure, yes. And um, we get a little bit of wrestling between the two. Um, the Sheik at one point gets Slaughter up in the ropes and he's spitting on him and he's like stomping his throat into the ropes. And, you know, it's, it's entertaining, right? Uh, and the, the crowd doesn't know what to do. Their, their hero, their American icon is, is getting beaten up. Ultimately, Slaughter gets upset, tries to cheat, pulls his boot off, and tries to hit Sheik with it. And uh, long story short, he does eventually land it, and Sheik wins by DQ. Um, enter louder and probably more inappropriate crowd chants and right. hate towards the Sheik. Um, yeah, that was, that was the match. We do, we do get a backstage segment. It's my favorite part of, of this match. We do get a batch backstage segment where they're trying to interview the Sheik and Slaughter and then a brawl ensues. And this is 1984. This is not something that normally happens. Um, so I'm sure it was very exciting at the time that it occurred. Um, you get a, you get a a shot of a young Vince McMahon trying to break up the fight. He gets (laughs) Um, in it multiple times, gets like shoved. And that's where uh, I, I believe I saw the wild Samoans uh, junkyard yep. dog. Uh, there was a couple other people. I can't think of maybe I think maybe Jimmy Superfly Snooka was in there as well at some point yes. or yes, the Tonga kid. One, one of these Samoan guys comes I do in. believe, but the Samoans were trying to wrangle the white the man. Sheep. Yeah, no, no, no. I thought they were no, trying no. to get slaughter. You're right. You're right. And then Sheik does get loose again. Um, Every other yeah. word is beeped out, which is fun. <laughs> But for, uh, you know, for the times, 1984, I'm sure it was a, uh, a very exciting thing to watch on TV. For me, I was just kind of like, what is happening? Yeah. And, uh, but for the most part, it wasn't that great of a wrestling match. No, no, it was, it was more of a spectacle. Nah, nah. I meant to give you a shitty one for the 4th of July, Mike. No, no, Mike, no. <laughs> um, that's it. That's that was the match. Uh, any other things you'd like to add? Uh, speaking of of things that we also do on this podcast, um, yeah, I do have some hits and shits. Ooh! Um, so I already shouted out Cape Fear Rugby Club. Thank you guys for busting ass, having a great tournament. We came in second, so that's awesome. Shout out to the new guy Brody with a near perfect suplex. Oh God! Um, oh, phenomenal! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. It was like a Albright in all Japan. Yeah, it was a penalty. Uh, you're not allowed to do it. But I watched this gentleman's head, like, flick the grass on one side, go all the way around in a circle, and then slam into the ground on the other oh, side. Man. And I just, chef's kiss. Shout out, Brody. Um, thank you for joining the Cape Your Rugby Club and bringing <laughs> your amazing tackling skills and unknowing wrestling moves. <laughs> um, he, he comes back and he's like, was that wrong? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it was. It was very right and very, very wrong. <laughs> it was awesome, but it was also a penalty. Thank you, bro. I, I actually told him, I said, don't worry, man. Aaron got a yellow card in his first game, too. I did. <laughs> For doing something Not, similar. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, those are the hits. Shits. Tolbert, what the hell's going on with the pinball machines over at Cape Fear? 
Um, you suck. That's what's going on with them. The uh, the Avengers <laughs> the Avengers pinball game. I like made me irate. I I, I played Deadpool. So I deal with this on a regular basis where people okay. go. Um, I put in a dollar and the game's over. I'm like, yeah, you suck. <laughs> no, Deadpool, great game. Played that for a while. It literally, like, there was the way it shoots out the fucking ball. It literally goes straight through the gap. Yes. I, I yes. tell Amanda, I'm like, uh, that's hey. called draining the ball, Mike, and you have to be better for it. Not they don't give you an really. automatic save. There's ball saves if you don't suck. There's there's a couple of them, but uh, but yeah, I, I tell Amanda, I said this game, this one sucks. And then she plays it. That's a very tough game, actually. Yeah. Any other shits? No, just the Avengers. I will tell you, boys, uh, one of my favorite shits of this past week at the Cape Fear Rugby Tournament. (laughs) I'm sitting uh, under the tent. I'm I'm a a, you know, I have to be under the shade and uh, under it. So I'm sitting there preparing for another game. I'm drinking my Gatorade and I turn my head and there is Elliot taking the biggest child dump I have ever seen. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah, my. Yeah, we're, Elliot we're, stands up with a tail growing from his butt. And I almost threw up at the tournament. <laughs> we, oh we, we were at the time in the middle of body training, which by the way, he is crushing it. And the shout out to my beautiful wife for sticking with it and, and making sure he gets where he needs to go. But yeah, um, I was like, I think he has to poop. So she took him behind the tent and he just shit right on the ground. And uh, luckily there was a, a wheelbarrow full of sand and I just <laughs> shoved a big old pile onto it. He's like my kitten, <laughs> bearing his own shit. Oh my God. Yeah, that was uh, one of those moments that I was like, that is happening right beside me. Uh, what am I going to do? I, I had the same thought. And that's when I go, kids. This is they, they said kids are fun, right? <laughs> yeah, every day I, I get closer and closer to it. <laughs> <laughs> just wait, it's over one day. Your every kid day, will be shitting on the ground. Gets, I wake up and the belly is just bigger and bigger. And I'm just like, oh, God, it's coming for me. Yeah, you're going to have to clean up his <laughs> shit or her shit. Yeah, we don't know oh, in the near future. So that is Mike's segment. Let's go to the strong style. You've got a match uh, between one, Arn Anderson, teaming up with Big Van Vader against Stars and Stripes. Now, one half of Stars and Stripes we have never seen on this podcast. Uh, He passed away this week, the Patriot. Del Wilkes out of uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Interesting guy, had a career started off as the uh, state trooper. The trooper... (laughs) In uh, Vern Gagne's uh, promotion in the Midwest, uh, then being discovered by one um, Wahoo, Wahoo McDaniel, started integrating into other different promotions across the country, later becoming the Patriot. The Patriot had a little run in WWF, then to WCW, which we're about to talk about now, and then finally finishing up against uh, Bret Hart had a had kind of a fun uh, pay-per-view appearance against Bret Hart. I got to watch it this morning. Uh, it is in your house, ground zero. It's Bret Hart uh, against the Patriot. It's about 20 minutes. It's, it's interesting. Uh, the yeah. Patriot's not the best wrestler, but he is. It's a fun character. He's a big dude. He looks great. Yeah, I was going to say he looks great. He looks phenomenal. He's like six foot six and like yacked. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. But Listen. Uh, the other half of Stars and Stripes, your favorite, Marcus oh, yeah. Alexander Bagwell. Cookie, what do you got to say about this match? Uh, I don't have much to say about Marcus Alexander Bagwell, <laughs> but I do have something to say about the other three participants in this match. I will say, Marcus, not as yacked as uh, this is This is pre-steroids, uh, I believe, for, for yes. Buff the Stuff. Oh yeah, he's not buff. He's not buff yet. He is a uh, like boy band. He looks yeah, like a he's like a white meat baby face in this in this matchup. He's very yeah. athletic, even so. Like it's pretty impressive to see Marcus flying around like that, and then seeing you know less than five years later his mom being up on a forklift <laughs> and and all that stuff. 
Marcus is a, an interesting uh, deep dive. We're going to have to do at some point on the podcast. For sure. We'll have to do a whole episode dedicated to uh, Marcus Alexander Bagwell. <laughs> Marcus Alexander Bagwell, get me down for me. <laughs> now, what was uh, Aaron? Was this before he partnered with, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but they wore the jorts and they were the, the American boys or something like uh, that? American males. American this Middle. is right before that time. So, so uh, like, it was weird, man. Like, Marcus Alexander Bagwell had, like, a, a time where he was just, like, the redheaded stepchild. He was just everybody's tag team partner. He partnered up with Two Cold Scorpio for a little bit. He had, a, you know, this time with Stars and Stripes. And then, finally, we got to see American Males before it became Buff the Stuff. Uh, it's an interesting time. The guy's kind of, kind of a wanderlust in, in the WCW division. But, I, you know, Stars and Stripes, this was my childhood. I remember the Patriot, oh, yeah. and I remember uh, Marcus Alexander. And uh, this matchup, I do believe that I watched this one live. Wow. Well, Aaron, this is my first Patriot match. I've never seen them before. Um, I think I, maybe I've seen videos. I don't know. But Patriot, he looks great, like you said. Uh, Big Van Vader. I mean, my boy's hailing from the Rocky Mountains, so you know I got his back. Oh, no, now, now you do. Now I do, because, you know, I'm a Coloradian right now. Or Coloradian? Coloradian? Redian? I don't know. Uh, have you stickered up your Nalgene bottle yet, Cookie? No, but I have accumulated uh, a few stickers. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> Not yet, though. Um, but just looking at, you know, Vader, man, it just, I mean, he looks like he's carrying a fucking barrel underneath this chest, underneath this singlet. Like That's a big boy. He's a huge man. Like, they said he was 400 plus pounds. Dude is massive. And then you got double A, a great heel, just sitting right behind him as his backup. I mean, this tag team is destined for success. Uh, I see and so much. Of, go ahead. Andy. Watching this match, I I appreciate Arn Anderson. Watching this match, I appreciate him even more. Like he is such a like consummate. Oh, yeah. Like he knows where to be. He knows what's going to happen next in his mind. He little things here and there. You're just like, yeah. wow, this guy's got it. You know? Yeah. He's not the biggest guy, but he knows what the hell he's doing and he's going to hit his mark every single time. Right. Yeah. He's clutch to say the least. Uh, I see so much of double A style in Dax's work oh, and his demeanor. The same. Yeah. He's literally the exact same person. I just made that connection. Like it's while I was watching this match, I was like, holy shit. That's Dax Harwood. Yeah. 20 years later or 20 years before crazy but anyway let's go ahead and get to my countdown cookies top four number one aaron can you tell me how uh the big van vader and double a pull off the perfect catapult choke slam i've ever seen dude I, it was phenomenal and it was behind the referee's back so it was completely legal oh absolutely uh it, it was one of these moves marcus alexander bagwell went straight up in the air and straight oh, yeah. down straight down right on his neck man uh moves just don't look that fluid anymore and that was fluid from two big boys. And you got all these guys that are flipping around and doing all this crazy stuff these days. I sound like an old man talking about yeah, how bad wrestling is. Old man yelling at Cloud. Me. You're pulling a mic over here. Yeah. Let me chill out. Let's just go to number two. Number two. Um, but Aaron, so the, the catapult choke slam was sexy. But do you know what else is sexy? A proper flying shoulder block. And you know who does that? The Patriot the of Patriot. all people. He's more agile than I thought he'd be as a big man. Uh, but how about that pop from Flair? Because right after Patriot hits that flying shoulder block, Ric Flair comes out. And uh, I don't really know why he comes out or like what, like, is it, was Vader a part of the Four Horsemen? What's, what's going on here? All right. So it's an interesting storyline. Uh, Hogan came into WCW, right? Mm -hmm. He comes into the organization. The storyline is Ric Flair was fired. And uh, Ric Flair that night was reinstated on Saturday night's main event. The, the, the show, not, not Saturday night's main event, but it's the Saturday night show of WCW. On that episode, they reinstate him early in the episode. And this is the first time this crowd is seeing Ric Flair in a long time. So Ric uh -huh. Flair comes out. Arn Anderson, consummate best friend of Ric Flair. And at the time, by proxy, you've got Vader in there as well. It's a trio at that point. It's a trio. I got you now. Okay. Well, to go a little forward, 
Um, I'm, real quick, I'm going to ask you guys a question. What would you rather take, a clothesline from Vader or an elbow drop? Because both of them look like they'll knock your breath out, and that's Dude, what happened at Bagwell. I, I would watch – so I, I went on my walk last night, and I'm watching your match, and people probably thought I had Tourette's because every time <laughs> Vader would come into the matchup, he would do something like his clothesline. He did a, he did a forearm shiver that looked like it knocked out the Patriots' teeth at some point. Yes. And I'm just, like, walking. I'm like, Jesus Christ, fuck. Oh my God. I'm, I'm just yelling out obscenities because this match is insane. Yes, it is. Fucking Vader is a, a madman. He should have been an MMA. If he was an MMA, could you imagine if he was an MMA and he was a heavyweight? I, I Him against uh, Butterbean would be a match that I would love to have seen. Oh my God. Yes. It just two, two big motherfuckers just duking it out, just throwing potatoes left and right. And, and Vader's got these like these open palm like strikes that he does. Yes. Where it, it's like this. And he'll do one, two, three, and just it he slaps the shit out of these people. A hundred percent. Now, Aaron, let's go real quick. Let's go to number three. Number three. <laughs> Next one is y'all be honest, because Vader was out there throwing potatoes, right? Either that yeah. or he likes punches like snug. Like I'm talking very snug. It's a little bit of both. Good God, man. They're just they're literally punching each other as hard as he, as hard as they can. And I'm and I'm seeing some points like the, the little lulls in the match. He looks like he's really trying to work with the Patriot. The Patriot and, and him are having some some good back and forth. Uh, the, there's some uh, some great fire up spots where the Patriot was able to go off the rope, hit Vader. Vader doesn't go down. Go yes, off the rope and then finally get Vader down, and you can hear the pop in the audience. And that's how you properly do it in professional wrestling. It's it's yes. this this one two three sell that. Um, Vader really is given the Patriot a lot to look good. So it, it, yeah. it's not just he's one of these guys that, like, isn't going to sell for you. Vader's going to make you look good as well because he is this massive dude, much like Brock Lesnar. When, when Lesnar wants you to look good, he's going to make you look good. Vader's oh, the God. same way. Yeah, talk about Brock Lesnar real quick. I was reading an article, and I was like, wrestling misses Brock Lesnar, and I couldn't, I, I, yeah. I couldn't agree more. I'm, we miss him so much because he could put people over, but he was a necessary evil at the same time. Right. Oh, good gracious. We need more big men like that. But um, real quick, I'm going to go into my honorable mentions. Um, he had him good. He had, wait, hold on. How did, how did brain phrase it? He had him hooked good there, but not good enough. He says it I, like four times. I, I swear if I heard him say it one he more time, I was going to throw my phone. Not good enough. He has I, him there. Not good enough. Oh, well, the match lost half a cookie because of fucking brain just saying that word, saying that <laughs> phrase over and over and over again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Aaron, I thought no one kicks out of Vader's finish. This must uh, this is a load of horse shit. How did how did the Patriot kick out of Vader's finish? He, he has the power of all the Americans behind him, man. That's true. Maybe. Oh, you know what? His power is only heightened around uh, the 4th of July. Maybe That's this right. match. Took Even place though this was during Easter weekend, they mentioned. Oh, He's got the power of Christ behind him. Yeah. Damn it. That's, that's exactly how. Hmm. Well, I, well, hold on now. To the idiot who rang that bell randomly during the middle of the match, immediately, actually right after Vader hits his finish, you're fired. You're fucking fired. I've never seen all three heels look back like they're going to kill a timekeeper like yep. they do in this matchup. There's an errant bell ring. Everybody stops mid-match and just does... What the hell was that? Yes. I thought the match was over. I thought it was a DQ finish or something. I was like, what is, the fuck is happening right now? Bullshit, Aaron, is what it was. It was a fucking load of baloney. All right. A USA chant for four people who are all from the United States. Right. Where did they do that at? <laughs> They're all there. And, and, and I think Flair even was confused by that. And he's like, shut up. Shut up. Look, that's the beauty of the USA chant is you can just start one anywhere, anytime, and somebody will join in. You know what? Let's do that. Tolbert, can we start a USA chant when we go to AEW Dynamite and nobody else goes with us? No. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Sorry, Mike. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. It's all right. Sorry, sorry, me too. I'm not going to be able to go. I wanted to go. Oh, I thought you got uh, drunk and bought tickets. No, I want to. Yeah, I was wondering about the logistics of that cookie. Yeah. Another 24-hour car ride. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Especially oh, we are taking our art director. Um, art director, uh, <laughs> and Travis, and our number one fan, Byron. 
damn it, man. I'm going to miss out so much. You better, you guys better take videos and pictures. Uh, we will. We will. We're not going to do that at all. No, we're, we're just going to live in the moment. Why Fast would we do something like that? Anyway, I got one more honorable mention. I'm not digging Ric Flair's Mo Larry curly haircut. I'm oh, not. man, this is, this is uh, the worst haircut that Ric Flair had. I don't know. Like, maybe a, within the, a couple years from this, he did have a, a, an even shorter haircut. Yes, his haircut looks like a bowl cut. I was trying to tweet out to it. like <laughs> what I was thinking because I had a, my best friend in fourth grade had that haircut. Mm. It was like bleach blonde hair. Yeah. And then, yeah, like a bowl cut. It's that it's early like mu- 90s, like mushroom menace haircut. Yeah. God bless it's like a mushroom almost. God bless him. That's all I got to say. Number four. Picture this. Picture this, guys. You're bridging up because you just hit a northern light suplex, so you can't really see a thing. Your chest and your stomach are exposed, and the next thing you feel is a 400-pound-plus man jumping as high as he can just to fall on top of you. Yeah. Fuck that spot. (laughs) Fuck that finish. Fuck that spot. I would not take that bunt. But... That is how the match ends because Vader splashes, uh, who's a Marcus Bagwell, pins him one, two, three. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. It was very legal what he did. Vader splashes him, rolls out of the ring because it was behind the back. Arn Anderson finishes the match, pins him one, two, three. Very FDR, clean. Play. Follow the rules. Now you got to follow the rules. And these guys follow the rules. And I love it. I love it. Um, but you know what my favorite part of the match was? It was the end where Ric Flair clearly stole some child's phone Hulk Hogan toy. <laughs> <laughs> he just starts stomping it out at ringside. And then Vader takes the same phone toy and just starts using it as a towel for his like pits. He just starts yeah. wiping his fucking chest. And then ripping it up into little pieces. Yes. I feel so sorry for that child. But man, fuck Hulk Hogan at the same time. <laughs> fuck that guy. That's the one thing in my match. I was waiting for like just the sheet to go. Fuck you, Hulk Hogan. Yes, yes. <laughs> Call him a jabroni or something. I was, I was hoping I would hear that. But uh, at the very end, though, we get a fire promo afterwards from Vader, Arn, and Rick. My favorite line was from Arn Anderson. That last sentence he says. He says, "When I'm with blood, somebody is about to have a really bad day." Fucking love that man. It got That's me right. hyped up. That's right. Got me fucking hyped up, man. Man, I, I I think Arn Anderson is a very uh, underrated talker. Absolutely. Like, he could talk me into any arena. I, you just give him a mic. He doesn't have to scream. He doesn't have to – he just he just talks. And then yeah. you believe him, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. This, this was a great – this showed Vader's, you know, obviously his great physique. It showed Arn Anderson's ability in the ring. And then it showed their mic skills afterwards. So for me, it was just perfect all around. It was sad to see that the Patriot lost, of course, this close to Fourth of July. But America doesn't always win. They don't. They don't always win. This time we took an L. It happens. It happens to the best of us. But uh, Aaron, you know what I would give this match? I'm going to give it four and a half cookies. Honorary four and a half cookies uh, for America's sake. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fourth of July, four and a half cookies. Cookie, you got to experience some new things in this matchup. I will tell you, man, that era of WCW is one of my favorite eras of professional wrestling. It, it was, I grew up on it, watching it now. It's so much fun. WCW's got mm-hmm. great matches. Like, not everybody's the best wrestler in the world, but they make you think that they are sort of thing. Absolutely. You know, it, it, it's just fun. The more WCW matches you give me, the more... I keep wanting to go back into the archives and watch more beyond what you give me. And and I I will say that I did try. So Del Wilkes, the Patriot had a great career in, in all Japan. He went over to Japan and and killed it for a couple of years. I I was going to do a a Japanese uh, match with him in it, but I decided this would be fun because everybody loves Vader. Everybody yeah. loves Arn Anderson. Oh, yeah. And Cookie especially loves Marcus Alexander. <laughs> well, no, hold on now. I was just doing the Vader pose. I don't like – fuck Marcus Alexander Bagwell. You know what, Aaron? Just move on to the next segment. You, you done pissed me off now. All right, for the high spot, we do not have a match for 
for Tolbear. Hold on, I got a cough, Tolbert. But we have one of the most important uh, instances in professional wrestling yeah. history. One of the hottest days on the history of the earth, and they're on top of a battleship. Yeah. You have got the body slam challenge. Yeah, this is uh, th this is ridiculous. This is on Fourth of July. The Fourth of July, which is 19, not as shit. Nineteen ninety three, uh, mm. and this is aboard the USS Intrepid. Do we know where that is? I was from? just about to ask you where that is stationed. It has to be somewhere. There's a cruise ship parked beside it, so I'm thinking Florida or somewhere with a cruise port, like Texas, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Southern California. Looks like oh, in New York, of course. Oh, it's in New York. Yeah, you can kind of see the backdrop. But anyway, isn't, uh, isn't the Intrepid the one that George Bush flew in on and said we won the Iraq war? I Mission think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. So we have a we have a, a large crowd. Uh, it looks hot as hot as hell. There. Dude, I, um, I've heard stories about it being one of the hottest days of the year and it just being God awful. And that's probably why they took this approach. Or yeah. They were probably like, all right, because this is supposed to be a pay-per-view that evening. So this looks like it, you know, pump the fans up get some crowd interaction all that kind of promo shit they're probably going to run some exhibition matches but said hey fuck it it's it's too hot. brutally hot it's too hot so they went with uh this angle which is mr fuji and yokozuna come uh -huh. out um because yokozuna is the new heavyweight champion and the united states is pissed about it he's come here to our soil and and taking it away from us because he's Japanese, right? He's Japanese, yep. Um, and Not also, rich. <laughs> he's, he's actually American, yeah. <laughs> he's but, uh, but yes. Anyway, so they come out with a Japanese flag and they're uh, uh, adorned in their komodos <laughs> coming out, which is probably is breezy. Uh, he probably had the best outfit, uh, yeah. Mr. Fuji. Yeah, probably nice, felt great, nice and light. You know, Not, probably didn't have a little breeze it, going on. You know? Rocking ja sandals. Jasmine loves. She bought a kimono for for Christmas, right? Yeah, phenomenal. It, it is such a just. It's just a light, airy, and you can just move around in it yeah. freely. You got a breeze going yes. on. It's phenomenal. So the stage is set, and Vince McMahon is pumping this up to say, "Hey, uh, we can't let this happen. We'll bring on all challengers. Uh, the winner will be who can body slam this five hundred pound man." And up for grabs is a brand new, fully loaded 1994 Chevy Silverado, mm. pearl white, or as the boys in the car business like to refer to it, cocaine white. <laughs> <laughs> there's like shit all over it. Yeah, like, yeah. There's, there's, there's like, graphics and everything commemorating the event, I mean, but, uh, I, I, I will tell you here in Wilmington, North Carolina, that truck whoo, was premium. Whoo. Everybody had them oh, a, yeah. a beautiful 1994 Chevy Silverado. Oh, that boxy I still see style. Them. I still oh, yeah. see them around They're the They're still on the road today. That's how good those trucks are. Uh, They're like a rock. Are. <laughs> they are. <laughs> anyway, stage is set. Uh, I'm sure any one of these challengers could buy like seven 1994 <laughs> <laughs> Chevy Silverados. But not that one. But uh, not, not this one. one. <laughs> but it is up for grabs. So stage is set. We have our challengers. The crowd is uh, sweating their balls off but they're pumped uh I, first challenger so i will say one thing that time the, bottled water was not a big thing no no how do these people how, how many people fell out Dude, because it, of heat that day so you and i were both born mid 80s and came up in the 90s yeah. uh we, we drink out of a, water we drink out of a hose <laughs> you don't drink water <laughs> you, none of us drink water uh, I have to mention the, uh, the the horrible singing of our national anthem. Yeah, like, I don't know who, but it, it, uh, it was uh, was it the former giant that? Uh, I think so. I think so. Uh, awful job. Not great. <laughs> awful, awful not job. great. But right after that is over, uh, we get our first challenger, which is Bob Backlund. Bob Backlund. Uh huh. Is he a Hall of Famer? He 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 is. I think he also had the WWF belt for like six years. Yeah. Uh, not the most exciting wrestler in the world, but he sure does love America. Yeah, he's older. He loves America. He's in, adorned in his red, white, and blue. Uh, um, also, probably one of the oddest birds you could meet. People say that he, he that gimmick was him in real life, and he was just a weird guy. Just just a, a, a weird... Uh, Psychopath. He's the guy that's like wants to wrestle you at any point in time. He's like, you just want to wrestle right now? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, that's what he looks like. Uh, or, and he... You know, he tries but fails. Uh, why these guys are trying to body slam Yokozuna, he just kind of stands there yeah. and takes it. He's like, all right, you can, you can try. When they fail, he just kind of pushes them off. The ref intervenes. He goes, okay. 
So uh, the second comer is uh, Peter Tagnelli from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mike, do you have any uh, intel on Peter Tagnelli? Uh, absolutely not. My guess would be that he was probably the enforcer for the Penguins back then. Uh, he's a big boy. He, he's standing up he's next to Yokozuna. He's, he's a pretty big guy, uh, but fails. Cannot get it. Uh, the next challenger, Scott Burrell from the Charlotte Hornets. He's ah. just been signed the week prior. He doesn't even try. He, while he steps in the ring, he says, nah. Commentator says, smart man. Uh, really, his agent told him he could not do that <laughs> in fear of hurting himself because he just signed for the Charlotte Hornets. You know, Scott Burrell now is the uh, men's basketball head coach at Southern Con- Connecticut State University. Okay. Uh, looks like he had a decent little run from 1993 to 1997 for the uh, Charlotte Hornets. He uh, was a... I have to say, in 93, I was a huge Charlotte Hornets fan. Oh, everybody was. Everybody yeah. was. It, was. it was a big deal. He he finished his career uh, with an average of 6.9 uh, points per game. Not not the best, mm-hmm. but not the worst. He, yeah. he, he, he saw that time. He got his money. I think if he really wanted to, he could have body slammed Yokozuna. But we had to carry out the storyline. Anyway, we stop here. We get a rice break. Mm. Yokozuna, he's got to keep his... His figure, Mr. Fuji, hands him a giant bowl of rice. Nothing like a giant bowl of rice to refresh you on a hot summer day yes. in New York City. Yes. Uh, so he, he takes his chopsticks, has a little rice, refreshes himself to uh, get ready for the next challenger, which is Scott Steiner. That's right. Early Scott Steiner. Yeah, this, this is my, I, maybe uh, the big booty daddy uh, yeah. later on in, in his career could body slam yokozuna yeah. this one not as much yeah he's still pretty buff he's still pretty he's, he's still pretty yoked but uh not big enough to take on yokozuna um i don't think yokozuna was quite ready for our next challenger because he's a wild man from lumberton north carolina <laughs> i forgot i forgot i forgot tatanka tatanka <laughs> in, in her first appearance of tatanka on the podcast which which makes me sad because I believe that Tatanka is underrated. Very un- highly underrated was one of my favorites. I as loved a child. him to death. I did the Indian skip around the living room before I dropped an elbow on my brother. And the the classic, classic Lumberton call. If you listen in the crowd, <laughs> Tatanka comes out, right? He comes out hot doing his skip, doing his dance. Yeah, uh, getting a little off. He's the first one to actually punch and slap Yokozuna, get a little offense. They soften him right? up. There is someone in the crowd from Robinson County because all you hear is <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> like perfectly. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, they're uh, they happen to be in town. <laughs> Who more American than the Native American? Yes, um, he he gives a valiant effort. He gets a little offense. He even goes off the top rope. Does his patented tomahawk chop off the top <laughs> rope, um, but cannot slam the man he pushes him off um our next challenger bill fralick a pro bowler i don't know who he played for but uh i think like five-time pro bowler uh easily shoved off by uh shrugged off by yokozuna next challenger crush we've had a crush match before we all the way from Crush is fun he's fun he's a big boy he's really tall um, he's, he's uh, Kona Crush. He's from Hawaii, yes. correct? Yeah, from uh, Honolulu, I believe. Built from Honolulu. Huge guy. Could he, be I, the father of one Bronco. We don't know. It <laughs> could be. He could, could be. be Bronco's dad. We it don't know be. yet. I do see uh, that. He actually lifts Yokozuna off the ground, gets his feet off the ground, and is about to do it. But I'm glad Mike is just, just sitting by eating a bowl of cereal. <laughs> Yeah, what kind of cereal you eat, Mike? It's oh, it's wedding soup, and I'm just trying to keep these kids from killing themselves. Um, <laughs> Thank you. That's literally my job on Saturday mornings. <laughs> cool. Uh, Crush almost body slams Yoko, but can't get it. Next challenger, the Macho Man, which has been on the mic the whole time. And by Classic the way, macho amazing man. commentary. And this, macho this was man. peak when he would say "dig it" after dig every it. Yeah. Dig it. <laughs> oh yeah, and he is adorned. And red, white, and blue stars and stripes, tassels, cowboy hat, the whole deal, man. I don't know how he has not died from heat exhaustion. And you know, it's all made suit. out of either pleather or that oh, like yeah. vinyl that, oh, like, yeah. that they used for everything back Dude. then. It's probably stuck to everything. Yeah. He's lost 15 pounds of water weight throughout this. True professional. 
Uh, we, got, we, we get a spit take in Yokozuna's face <laughs> from Macho Man. Uh, we get a little slap, little offense, and uh, he cannot body slam Yoko. That is supposed to be the end. That's all challengers. Uh, the crowd is pissed. Crowd is not happy. America's not happy. America's not happy. The whole time, Mr. Fuji and Yoko are just standing there unfazed by all the challengers until you hear the in the background. The chopper comes in. Uh, I, I'm sure they're playing Fortunate Son <laughs> somewhere as the one and only Lex Luger slowly lowers in the chopper above the U.S. intrepid and makes his way through the crowd. I believe that I heard a Hulk Hogan chant because they thought it was Hogan. <laughs> it's not Hogan. Damn it. Uh, not Hogan. Uh, it is Lex Luger and bleached uh, white. High rider uh, uh, Levi's and a red, white, and blue shirt, long uh, sleeve. Unbuttoned, American unbuttoned American his belly button. <laughs> with a, a glorious mullet. Uh, the crowd's going wild. They're, they uh, they switch from the Hogan chant quickly to the Lex, yeah. Lex, Lex. He makes his way in. Lex is. We met him at WrestleCade. He, he's a huge dude. He's he's a big boy. He's interesting. Yeah, and at this point, uh, he is he is jacked. He's ripped. He grabs the mic from the commentator because they say, "Hey." This con- this contest is over, and Lex says, "No, it's not." You know, he says, <laughs> "People say there's a lot of things wrong with America. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with America." Uh, Lex, then, I, I can. I and can. then he looks at uh, Yokozuna and Mr. Fuji holding the Japanese flag, and he goes, "You are what's wrong with America. You people are what's wrong with America." Oh, let's, let's, uh, let's ignore the implications. Doesn't he call them leeches yeah. at one point? You leeches, blood sucking leeches. Yeah. Um, ignore the implications yeah. that immigrants are uh, uh, not welcome here. But a 1993 Fourth of July crowd uh, eats it up. Uh, I think they're delirious from heat the exhaustion heat, yeah. at this point. <laughs> he then throws Mr. Fuji through the ropes attacks yoko after he rips off the red white and blue off his chest all he's got on is his jeans and a gold chain and god damn it he body slams yokozuna god, <laughs> god bless america so it, it, it does happen he comes off the ropes uh out of the corner he, yoko kind of has to jump into the body yeah, slam yeah. a little bit but they, they pull it off and uh I, I like to think uh elex drove that 1994 chevy silverado all the way home uh, I would like to think that I as like well. I don't know how stopped, they got it off the boat. I like to think he stopped it south of the border and filled <laughs> the back of it with mortar rounds, man, and fireworks. God. <laughs> then he dropped to Tonka off in Lumberton. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Diddy. Hey, Diddy, I know your, your cousins, your paws live over there. Oh, yes. Uh, I don't know. I think it's – I don't know who holds them up on their shoulders afterwards, but Lex is uh, being held up. Both American flags just waving them. One of the um, most goddamn patriotic things I've ever yep. seen. Yes, sir. Uh, it was good stuff. It made me laugh this morning. Uh, Talbert, hit me with your uh, patriotic <clears throat> haiku. Yoko won't be moved. Man, that Chevy's pretty sweet. <laughs> Lex comes for the flag. I <laughs> on the flag at that point. Oh man, folks, we have had it. It is, uh, it is still. We we still like to celebrate our patriotism here on Two Dollar Stake of Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's uh, you'll be hearing this after the Fourth of July. You will yeah. have had everything happen. You will have seen fireworks. You will have worn your American flag stuff. You will have drank your Pabst Blue Ribbon. It is time, folks, to honor this great country that we live in. Cookie. Yes, sir. Tell me about your love for this country. I love this country so goddamn much. I moved across the nation for it. <laughs> Mike, tell me about your love for this country. USA. 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 Thank you for listening to $2 Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. We'll be back next week. Uh, if Cookie can make the uh, mathematical equation of subtracting two hours from East Coast time, I don't we'll know. See this what is pretty sweet, man. I like fiber. Uh, fiber. Fiber off of cookie. cookie is not dropped out once this whole this <laughs> no, whole episode. No hey, that's what I'm talking about. Maybe some ginger ale. Maybe we'll let him host soon. Yeah, Cookie, you can host again. Oh God, what I can't happened, wait. Cookie? 
Whew, God, this shit's strong. <laughs>